0: Hello, everyone. Uh, okay, so I guess this is my cue to go. So I'm Maria, and this is LifeBit. Um, now, how did LifeBit start? Well, um, during, during, uh, during our PhDs, my co founder and I did a lot of work that led to the programming framework now used by half of the world's organizations. Uh, doing that uh, doing uh, DNA data analysis and four of the top 10 pharma companies, right? So that was just the beginning for us. We are now building the infrastructure for the entire industry and uh, what we do at Lifebit, we make the analysis of DNA data simpl- simpler and faster. Um, and that enables our clients to develop better therapies and better drugs uh, faster and while saving them quite a lot of money. Today, if you want to be sequencing your genome, it costs you just a $1,000, or in actually less than 1000 Soon it will be reaching uh, less than $100. As a result, by 2025, we're going to be having more genetic data generated than that of YouTube and Twitter combined. Um, The industry is already generating more genetic data than they have the capacity to actually analyse. And as a result, more than 80% of the time of the people doing this job is wasted on figuring out uh, computational uh, tasks and data tasks instead of actually focusing on the results and the research they need to be doing, right? Um, But what if, you know, making sense of genetic data, of DNA data, was so simple any one of you could do it, right? That would radically transform uh, pharma, pharma research, and that's exactly what Lifebit does. We are building an, in- we are building the world's first intelligent genomic platform, and the way we do it, we first solve the infrastructure problem um, and the application problem. The Lifebit platform takes you from an unscalable mess of different applications uh, and systems to um, to a scalable uh, and modular application ecosystem. Then we solve the data problem. We put millions of genetic data, just the, fin- uh, just, the, yeah, just the fingerprints of our users, and then eventually powerful AI learns from everything, analyzes users' interactions, and then it eventually is able to reason, like a human would reason, about genetic data. And what this effectively does at the end of the day, uh, it allows people that... Uh, Right now, could actually do this job, which is about 20,000 specialized bioinformaticians, to over 5 million biomedical researchers that are now increasingly needing to make sense of this data. Right? Um, and our um, AI, AI-powered technology doesn't stop there. It makes the analysis of these uh, DNA data at least 30 times faster than is currently possible, leading into cost savings up to 80%. The analysis of genetic data is already at the core of clinical research, uh, cancer, and genetic diseases. And fast, scalable, and AI-driven genomics is the future, right? Um, and we are with our trying to make that happen. So that's us. Thank you.
1: Cool. Well, thank you very much for that. I get the great job today of yeah. just uh, asking the questions, looking smart, whilst Maria actually has to answer them, which is great. Um, why don't we start by saying you, you talked about doing a PhD. You've got a co-founder. Um, tell us a bit about that background. How did you get into this? You know, not everyone in the audience has kind of necessarily got a PhD. Uh, I'm sure some have, but ha- ha- where did you come from?
0: Um, I mean. A lot of the problems that people deal, right, regardless of genetic data or any other type of data, they have a lot of data, right? And at the end of the day, what they are trying to do is make sense of this data, right? One way or another, right? Um, and I think the first thing to do is like, understand your data, understand what are the questions you are trying to answer. Uh, to answer with this data. And then start applying simpler methods to just like monitor, statistics, just like see what the data is telling you. And then from that point, either educate yourself or bring the, the talent that your business needs in order to start basically um, asking uh, more, I would say, more intelligent questions or questions at the, lar- at the larger scale or larger cohorts of data, right? And
1: so. How did you? Because you came through. So I I used to run Textiles London. Um, You came through my program. How did you go from being doing a PhD into actually wanting to start a company?
0: So. as I said, when we when we developed this, uh, uh, or when we was part of the development, of you know, this framework, that this framework became like then so widely adopted. Then we saw a huge need, right? A lot of the, that happens in the industry, not just in this industry, in every industry, is that uh, people are struggling with data, and genetic data are like very very big data, right? And very complex data. Uh, and what people, the way people were trying to deal with that, it was just like build these custom applications with all of these open source frameworks, and they were trying to do this again and again and again, right? And, um... And while providing support and consultancy, then we realized that what the industry really needs is automated software solutions that will abstract all of these hassles and will get them from raw data to the insights that they need. And that's what we are building a life with, right? But I think that is something that can be generalized by everyone, right? Everyone is dealing with some type of data, and everyone would wish, like, oh, can I just, like, go from my raw data to the insights I want to be taking, right? The, uh, the concept is just to start thinking, okay, how do I... Go and I engineer the in between part of that, right?
1: And so, um, I, I, I like what you said there. Nicole, um, for a friend, she asked um, how you would explain LifeBit to a four year old. It's obviously not, she understands it completely. Um, but there, if I've understood that correctly from you, it's basically taking extraordinarily large amounts of complex data and delivering insight. What, you know, Obviously, not the whole audience isn't focused on uh, genomics and bioinformatician work. H- how do you begin to abstract what you're doing through to sort of some more general principles around AI, and where does AI fit in?
0: That's a, that's a really great question. I always get this. So, um, for most of the AI, it's actually data. I would say right again i will, i think i've repeated data like a million times so far but it's that important in our everyday lives so data is is the most important bit right so understanding your data is the first challenge right um and what data you are dealing with then the next thing is as Einstein was saying like if i had like 60 minutes i would like spend 50 minutes like trying to figure out my question and then 10 minutes like answering that it's exactly the same like once you have figured out the question uh, the, the data you need to start figuring out the questions what are exactly the questions that you are to un- trying to answer with this data but more than that you need to be thinking how these questions beca- can become actionable right like do these questions lead to your clients doing an action, to you providing certain insights that will lead to other actions, right? So that will be is the second thing. And, um, and then the third big thing is then trying to think around, okay, who are the people that could engineer the, the best solution for that, right? And, uh, and then I would say a lot of, like, I mean, if you already have that knowledge, then it's all about brainstorming, okay what's the best engineering solutions to get to that much faster? But I would say, uh, if you don't have that, then you need to go out there and say like, okay, who are the people that I need to get, right?
1: So how do you do that? How do you find great people?
0: How do you find, uh, uh, after a lot of pain and frustration, I guess, Um, so great people are hard to find. But I would say, uh, for me, great people are not just people that do understand, uh, that have machine learning education and experience, but um, but are also people that do understand your business, do understand the questions that you are trying to answer, right? Have a passion for that. Because these people then coming in, they are not just going to tell you, okay, yeah, here are the five fancy algori- machine learning algorithms of last year, which one do you want me to deploy on those data? They will come in and they will say, like, wow, I understand this question. Here's another 10 questions that we could answer, and here's how we can think about it and the different ways. And we had our engineers sometimes telling to us, it's just like, oh, my God, this is just a regression thing. Or it's just like, perfect, right? And, um, and you need these smart people not to necessarily give you, like, the most complex answers, to exactly give you the, the fastest and simplest answers to get where you want to go.
1: So, uh, practical tips, how do you actually go about finding those people?
0: How do you find uh, Practical tips. Um, Okay. Uh, Be very good at, basically, uh, well, the the, the typical tips is just, like, be very good at, like, um, talking about your vision and the mission of your company. When you interview these people, be extremely good at, like, telling them, uh, educating them and telling them, here are the questions that we are actually going to, the big questions that we are trying to answer, right? get them sold into the challenges that that means, get them sold into the impact of your business, right? And then get to speak to a lot of like, people, right? It's a, it's a people's game as well, right? Um, then when it comes to testing their engineering uh, skills, well, there are a lot of methods. The one that we have found that works the best is actually putting forward uh, like a machine learning paper or another publication that we find that is closest to what we want to be doing, and then we ask them, okay, uh, first of all, we, we ask them to tell us what they to understand from that paper, and so on and so forth, and then we tell them like, if you, uh, if you are to actually take that same solution and apply it to our data with the limited knowledge that they have about our company, what they're trying to do, how would you go about it, right? And then, and some of them is just like, absolutely amazing seeing how how they can brainstorm about things in ways that you've never thought about it.
1: So, you start by saying that you've got to sort out the data and you said that I think 80% of the time that people spend in, in, um, who are doing genomic anal- analytics is about getting the data in the right form. What are you doing in terms of the infrastructure? Are you changing the entire, are you putting in new infrastructure for the industry or Are you you kind of are you sitting on uh, the cloud? How how are you approaching that?
0: So, um, like with every industry, we we are not changing the infrastructure because we're not an infrastructure company. But what we do, we take cloud and we take AI and we merge those two basically uh, to try to analyze. Yeah, and then we. Would we do that, then we democratize that process, right? We make it so easy for people to interact with our system. So we abstract all of the difficulties of cloud, we abstract all of the difficulties of AI, right? We automate a lot of stuff and then we allow people to do the the analytics process much simpler and much faster than they could ever. So so tell me start.
1: about that. Tell me about because You've got relationships with AWS and Microsoft. Yeah. You talked to me about previously about being cloud agnostic. How, how are you building that? That's not, that feels kind of an interesting challenge, as oh, yes. a kind of starting point, which is, right, we're going to be cloud agnostic for the largest set of data in the world. Yeah. That's an interesting little challenge you've set yourself. How have you gone about building that?
0: How do we go? Um, I mean, for us, uh, if you, if you come to abstract what cloud means for, for, for at least us, and I think for all big data analytics and what AI means, cloud in reality means just the, the, the computational power you need to be able to scale the analysis over these data. And what AI means at the end of the day it means just automation and abstraction. That is what, at the end of the day, that's the benefit you are getting, right? So we, we start thinking in terms of those engineering teams of just like, how can we engineer the cloud right, in a way where the experience to the user is just that, oh, this is just another computing engine and I, that I don't care to think about, that I don't th- uh, come to think about it, right? Similarly, like, you don't really think about like, the processor on your laptop every time you're trying to like, run something or play music or something like that, right? You just go to the application, right? So why do people need to be thinking, oh, which cloud am I using? What type of cluster? Is it elastic where I'm storing? What type of machines have? right? And when it comes to AI, right? Um, when you go to Google and you start Googling things, right, Google search, then you start getting recommendations and then Google starts learning you, right? You never come to think of just like, oh, how is Google recommending this or how should I be thinking of that, right? So the experience is again similar for the user where the user starts saying like, okay, I want to use this data and sync the data into the platform and I want to use this application with this data, right? And then it's just like, like that, right? and the system then takes care of all of the rest, and that is what we are engineering, that is the experience that we are trying to engineer to people. So
1: that does sound super smart, and, and you, kind of, you, said, you explained it pretty simply there, which is, you know, we just make it easy for the end user. How are you doing that? Other people are going to be thinking, shit, I need, we need to build AI solutions that are amazing, an amazing experience like that. And you then, then you kind of went, Oh, and then we get the engineering teams to do that. <laughs> that seems like that seems like a challenging part of it. How, how do you how do you do that part of it?
0: How do we do that part? Okay, so um, okay, so a lot of the a lot of the uh, so we have I would say three different teams working sort of like in parallel. Um, the more uh, high-performance computing engineering team, they figure out basically all of the back and they figure out how they're gonna be deploying things and are gonna be merging stuff, right? So you need to have that team in place that really knows this big data and really knows cloud. Then we have the machine learning team where all they are thinking is basically how they're doing all of the different optimizations, how they are doing the cost optimization, how they are training models to understand uh, user interactions, to understand from Basically, when a user is using a particular application with particular data, uh, then what the machine learning people are trying to do is build a model that can understand what is exactly the question they are trying to answer. Are they trying to find, for example, if the patient has mutations that's you know causing him cancer and is gonna die, what is exactly the question they're trying to do? And then we have basically the um, the UI and front end team where all of their job is all around like talking with users and just like understanding how the, right now they are going about, and we're just modeling all of the processes, how they're doing with, uh, how right now they are interacting with genetic data, how they think about it, what are the software, the tools that they are using. So by having those three teams sort of like talking to each other, then, uh, then yeah, the whole solution comes into play.
1: So if I, if I kind of take a step back and, hit, and kind of repeat playback to you what I've heard, first of all, you've got to get the data in the right form. Yeah. Then you've got to um, have this, uh, really, uh, on the on the data management is just it's just simply in your mind data processing, and it doesn't matter whether that's AWS, yeah. Google, anything. Yeah. That should be entirely um, irrelevant to the user. Then the AI is um, is basically just a again entirely invisible to the user. Well designed, yeah. the way that you build those things is having a high performance computing team. Uh, a kind of an analytics team, yes. and then a UI team. Yes. The bit that I so that's that's a neat kind of framework, and I think it's applicable to pretty much any business. The thing again, you glossed over something that's really important, which was oh, and then I talk to a load of people, and then <laughs> I hire the good ones. What's the actual process that you go? I mean, because it is a absolute shit show to find good people. How are you? How are you getting people to you?
0: How do we get people to us? Again, it's um, it's all about the vision, right? And then it's all about um, I don't know if you, if you have something specific in your mind. I, I just don't.
1: Like to, I mean, obviously. So one of the things I'm joking about is that um, when um, Maria came through textiles, we have a bunch of associates, and she hired half of them um, when she came out of the program. But. Um, but you've still got you've got a, you've expanded the team dramatically yeah. since then, and you found some amazing people. How have you How have you actually? Is it through network? Is it through search? Is it through LinkedIn and going and finding? Is it GitHub? Okay, so is the, it,
0: the tools we use basically. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so network. I find most of my people through my personal network and through just going and talking to people, basically, uh, because when you're a small startup, no one really knows you. Um, then we, we, we use all of the classical tools. We use a lot of recruiters. We are on AngelList, um, and through them, we have exceptional people applying as well. Um, and we have, uh, surprisingly, how we, we try to have really good job descriptions that get people excited. Um, and yeah, and then when they come to us, then we have like very, very particular interviewing processes, as I said, yeah. to, to, to get T- them to in. To get the right
1: ones, yes. yeah. Um, We've only got a couple of minutes left, so I, what I'd like you to do is just paint in 10 years' time right. what what is the future of um, genomics? Um, what does that look like? And what's your play? You know, what's life bits? How, how do you participate in that?
0: Um, so that's that, that's a, uh, that's a really great question. And um, so if you come to think about it, what's going to happen in 10 years from now? Not even 10 years, in a couple of years from now, right? When you will be able, every one of us, to sequence genetic data, right? Because right now it's already like, it costs as much as it costs to buy an iPhone, right? But the reason why we are not doing it is because no one can understand, right? And part of that is also a big sort of like marketing problem where everyone is trying to tell you that, oh, genetic data is just like another type of health data. Um, if I may say, that's bullshit. Uh, genetic data is literally the code that makes you, you, and the power and the insights it can carry way go way beyond uh, health, right? So what will happen in 10 years is that once we the costs are going to reach $100, and we will be able to actually be making sense of those data, then everyone will be sequencing. You'll be sequencing yourselves multiple times across your lifetime. You'll be sequencing your favorite flower and your dog, and you're going to be having sensors everywhere, doing real-time uh, sequencing of microbes in the air, contaminants, everything, basically, right? Your foods are going to get personalized to your gut microbiome, to the microbes that live in your stomach. Um, what you are wearing is going to come that, and. What I honestly believe is that we heard during uh, this conference a lot of amazing talks about like how uh, different advances in AI are improving the way we're living life, and that 's amazing, but if you come to think that uh, there are areas where AI is not just going to be improving what we are doing right now it's going to be enabling enabling, la- enabling us to do things that we uh, have never thought of doing that's Incredible, right? And in general, like health tech and uh, healthcare and, uh, and genomics is one of these big areas where not even myself can actually say what's exactly going to be doing, but I'm, I'm sure that people are going to be doing insane stuff. And uh, as this expands to more and more industries, then what life hoping to be is to be the centre. The centre that provides all of the software technology needed for businesses but also individuals to actually be making sense of this data.
1: Uh, And that, on that note, that was an awesome um, summary. I hope people people are feeling inspired and perhaps a touch scared about what that future looks like. But uh, Maria, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Max. (laughs)